You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel, streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. Welcome in, everybody, to the flagship podcast interview. I am Chip Brown of Horns247.com. Excited to be joined by my man, Jeremy Hills, former running back, now elite performance coach and president of The Collective, which is, I love this, um, when I was doing my research, um, a social performance club. Jeremy, you have... You're one of the great stories um, from you know your time at with Texas playing football from 2008 to 2012 um, to to then transforming yourself into an elite performance coach. Now you've got your own facility, the collective. It is phenomenal. Welcome in, my friend. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks, I, uh, man. I, I, it's been a it's been a wild ride, man. But it's it's been a lot of fun, um, a lot of lessons learned, a lot of growth and maturity along the way, and then for me personally, just uh, a truly truly understanding of what my path is and why it's important and why I'm here. So you know, to continue to have the opportunity to impact so many young people as they're making their transition throughout their their sports lives and then their even their professional and adult lives to now, you know fostering a community here at the collective that allows for them not only to continue to excel in, on the field or on the court, but then also make the connections and learn how to be a professional off the field and off the court. So it's, it's been fun. It's been fun. It's been challenging. It's been all the good things of a, of a good kind of like Hallmark movie. So it's, it's a, it's a, it's a good time. Well, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie. I was uh, talking to someone who told me that, uh, that former Longhorns quarterback Casey Thompson was working out at the collective that he used to work out at Brandon Marshall's house of athlete in Miami. But now everyone's going to the collective in Austin where Jeremy Hills is, is training everybody. In fact, I hear Debo Samuel is at the collective right now. Um, I mean, Jeremy, you got it going on. Casey Thompson's here instead of going to uh, HOA, uh, which is true. And uh, Debo Samuel's here. And he's getting his work out. He's getting his work in, too. Um, I just recently was able to. It took a long time, man, because it's tough to it's tough to recruit great talent. And so it took a, took me a while. But um, successfully recruited uh, Mo Wells. Uh, he goes by Mo Knows on Instagram and everything like that. He's one of the, 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 the best linear speed coaches in the country. And um, he was the VP of Pro Performance at House of Athletes. And so he's uh, he's now training here uh, at Collective, uh, relocated officially two weeks ago, and has been doing phenomenal work. So, uh, yeah, no, because of him, you know, it's, it's kind of led that gateway and that path to have a Debo Samuel in, to have a John Morant in, and, you know, to have Casey Thompson in. So uh, continuing to, to do my part in, in building out the place where the pros want to go and where they know that they should go in order to 
either reach that next level or stay at that peak level that they've been performing at. So longevity and performance will always lead the forefront of what we're doing, which influences the decision making of who we hire. Uh, and man, it's, it's, it's fun. It's cool to see these guys all get along, challenge each other, and then just integrate into the community that we have here at the collective. So uh, it's been good. It's been good. It's good to see Casey too, even though he's not wearing burnt orange no more, right? That, that hurts, but no, it's good to see Casey and he, he's doing well. He looks good. I'm, I'm thinking he's going to have a good year. Well, I will get to um, the incredible work you're doing with uh, your clients and NFL uh, players who come in and, and help to raise money for underprivileged families. But um, talk about your relationship with David Mulligetta because that that's an amazing story too. David is a Longhorn who's built himself into one of the top sports agents in the yep. world. Just talk about, you know, your relationship, how it started and, and how that's helped, you know, you all have helped each other. Definitely. Um, I'm going to give you the, I'm going to give you like a insider exclusive here, Chip. This is, okay. I've never told this story publicly. This is like, I'll give you the, the, the real quick version of it. Um, in 2007, in 2007, uh, it was summertime and, you know, I grew up in a single parent household and my mother was like, she's like, hey, I love you, but I need a break. I need a break. You can go to Austin with your brother, Tony, or you can go to Dallas with your brother, Mike. But I just need a break for a little bit. So let me know where you want to go. And uh, I chose Austin. I was like, yeah, but, you know, I've been I've been in Austin a couple of times and I can plus I can get some I can get some work in up there at UT and I'm going to going to be going there in a couple of months anyway. And so I chose Austin and I got on a Greyhound bus and I came down here with a big suitcase and um, Tony forgot to pick me up from the Greyhound station. So I, I jumped on a payphone. Tony. Yeah, uh, that's my brother, right? Tony Hills, old Tony Hills gets to pick me up. So I jump on a payphone and I call him. I'm like, hey, where you at? And he's like, oh man, I'm at Texas Roadhouse on Stastny and 35, dude. I, I completely forgot. Uh, catch a cab and I'll just pay the taxi when you get here. And then uh, I, I caught the cab, not not very happy that I caught the cab, but I caught the cab and went all the way to the Stastny in 35. I get there, I get there and I go inside, Tony's sitting down. I'm like, at this point, I'm very upset, but I give, uh, I, I, he gives me the money. I go back outside, I pay the taxi driver. I come back inside, he's like, hey, calm down. Just sit down and get some food. And uh, he says, look, let me introduce you, he says, Jeremy, this is David. David, it's my little brother, Jeremy. And David Mulligata was the first actual person I met when I got to Austin. And uh, we've been we've been pretty tight ever since. And the way that fate would have it, our careers kind of crossed paths many times over the last 15 years. And, and now he's not only an investor, but a, a partner in, in collective with me as we continue to try to to build something that we we think the space needs and it just hasn't seen before. So David has not only been a part of my professional growth, but he's like, I mean, I can't think of anybody that, that is closer to me. He's like a brother to me. His, his youngest son is my godson. So we, wow. you know, our, our families are very close. Um, if, if I need if I need him to, he'll go pick up my daughter from daycare. Like his, you know, our families are, are really close. We're really close and um, I'm excited that this next phase of what this journey has for me includes him in a way that's uh, more integrated than, than what it's been in the past of us kind of crossing paths. So uh, David is, is as solid as they come in my book. 
So Jeremy, what is it about David um, Mulligata that that makes him special? That that makes him so successful as an as a sports agent? I I mean I would say there's no like you know secret sauce or anything like that. He just he truly cares. That's what I that's kind of what I see from him that's been so consistent and and even in my life personally like I I never played professional ball. And and he, he's never treated me any different than I've seen him treat a Jalen Ramsey or Derwin James or Deshaun Watson or any of these megastars, right? So he's one of those guys that's not like a respecter of persons. His respect for you doesn't go up or down based off of your ability to, you know, win football games. He, he truly respects the people, and I think that that's what people gravitate towards. And he and he doesn't lie. Um, it, man, he he will tell you the hard truth, time and time again because. Uh, what I've come to realize and what I agree with is that's the that's the that's what real love is. So, you know, he builds these these relationships with these guys um, to where it's much more than a, a, a transactional relationship of a player and an agent It's more so of like, a, a, you know, a, a family member, a cousin, a brother, an uncle, you know, a, a dad and even some of these cases that I've seen. And so he he's helping these young men mature and grow and impact this world in, in more ways than just their ability to to be good at football. And then, they, you know, with knowing that they have somebody like that that supports them and knowing that they have somebody like that that believes in them and truly goes the extra mile time and time again to make sure that they get everything they deserve as a player, I think it puts them at ease and they're able with a clear mind to just go perform well. I don't think it's a secret at all that, like, if you think about what he did, I want to say in 2018, 2019, he negotiated a quarter billion dollars in contracts over the course of seven weeks. And then he followed that up with, what was it, the 2020 draft, where he broke the draft record of how many players he represented in the first round of a, of a, a specific draft. Like, it's no, it's no secret that there's a reason why the, the best talent that this world has seen as far as football goes year in and year out continues overwhelmingly to decide to trust their careers and to, to be in the hands of him. And, and you think with a lot of these guys, they can get paid anyway. Like anyway, any anybody they sign with, they'll pay them. There's not a there's not a, a a team alive right now that would decide. Oh no, we're not going to pay. I don't know, uh, uh, Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey is not. No, everybody has him as cornerback number one on their board. But Jalen trusts David for his career for a reason. And I think it's I think it's things that are much. Uh, much more outside of the actual, again, the job description of a, of a player representative. So um, he's one of those guys that like redefines what that, that role looks like in those guys' lives. And he's, and he's, I mean, it's the reason why he's a, a partner in this business with me. It's the reason why I trust him to go on this journey with me because uh, I know what he brings to the table from just a work ethic standpoint, um, a creativity standpoint, and then Again, he truly cares. He doesn't get involved with stuff unless he does. So I know I'm going to get, which sounds absurd thinking of how busy he is, but I know I'm going to get the most out of him every single time. I mean, if I see it with his kids, like most of you talk to him, if you talk to him now, between now and July, the only thing he's going to talk to you about is that his oldest son won their baseball championship. It, you know what I mean? Like that's all he talks about right now. But he, he's a he's a coach on that roster, and he puts everything into those eight year olds. And it's like, yeah, guys like that are special. They don't come around very often. And um, when they do, you 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 realize that okay, it's a reason why people gravitate this way. Well, 
so he sees you at your worst, right? You're pissed. Your brother didn't pick you up from the airport. You end up right. at Texas Roadhouse. So how did the friendship evolve from there in, in 2007? Um, Tony went on to go to MJP in Dallas to train for the combine. Um, I stayed at his uh, his old, old roommate's apartment or whatever. Uh, oh, no, no, I'm sorry. That was that summer. I'm, I'm fast forwarding a little bit. So uh, Tony and David were pretty close. They were pretty cool. And because of that, David and I got to know each other. And then you fast forward to that upcoming January is when I enrolled at UT, January 2008. Tony went on to go train for the combine. And when I got to UT that January, I didn't know that many people, but David was on his way out to go to law school at Nebraska. And uh, those couple of weeks, um, it may have been like a month, a month and a half before he, you know, head out, before he headed out, we hung out almost every single day. Just like I hung out with him the same way I would hang out with my older brother, you know? And, and at the time, looking back in retrospect, I realized that he was no older than like 22, 23. And I was like 17, 18, but it, you know, we, we, we clicked and connected and, and it was one of the first people to like challenge me in more ways than just athletics, you know, like he was one of the first people that would like challenge the idea. The number three all-purpose back in the United States. It's, I'm definitely going to play pro football. He's like, okay, but even when that's over, what's the plan? And, like, for me to think back on it and realize that, like, he was no older than 22 or 23 having those conversations with me, it just lets you know that, like, he was always ahead of kind of the rest of us at that point in time and he had always seen a bigger picture so you know we got close before he went to to uh to law school and then we stayed close throughout and i mean the friendship kind of evolved into more of a brotherhood and it's been that way since and so when you form the collective and people are going to think of like nil initiative no this is an elite um, social performance club that Jeremy oh, yeah. has created on oh, South yeah. Congress. Did you go to David and say, Hey, this is my idea. What do you think? Or how did that, how did that evolve? Y'all okay, y'all's so, partnership in the, yeah, no, I, I know David, right. It's 15 years later now. So I know David. Um, I don't, I don't go to David with the initial idea. I go to David with what I'm working on. And, and so I came to him and was like, hey, I'm doing this thing. Uh, it's going to be called this. This is how it wins. This is why it works. This is how it changes what's being done in the industry. This is why it's a disruptor. And then uh, I already had a deck that we had already put together, me and my, my two business partners that I'm, that I'm in business with the collective. And I shot it over to him and said, Take that, let me know what you think. And about three or four days later, he came back to me and was like, yeah, no, I want to be involved with this. And so, and, and you know, the rest was kind of history. But um, no, no, this isn't like a, this, this wasn't designed to be like a, a, a sport performance facility. This wasn't designed to compete with Exos, for example. Um, what I wanted to create, I'm being super transparent, what I wanted to create was a space for not only the professional athlete or the amateur athlete, but for the business athlete. I wanted the, 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 the tech guys. I wanted the, 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 
the CEOs, the the entrepreneurs, the you know the people that are that are you know they're working. You know, I don't want to say real jobs, but they're working in in the, in the job force. But they're they're also they're, they're probably former athletes themselves at some point. All state point guards who are now hedge fund managers, and you know whatever the case may have been. I wanted to um, create a facility that felt like home for that community as well as create a community that could be advantageous to each, for each other outside of this facility, which has been, um, it's been really cool to see. It's been, it's been unique to see, you know, business partnerships and, and ideas formulate here and then come to, you know, realization or execution outside of these doors, like to see the idea to happen here and then for it to really take place and transpire elsewhere. As I try to explain it to people, like, you know, I grew up watching this show called Cheers. And it's like, if you ever remember the uh, the, the intro song to Cheers, it's like, sometimes you want to go everybody. You know, I wanted this to become like the wellness Cheers. I wanted people to choose collective on their best day as well as choose collective on their worst day. I wanted this to become the second home for so many people. And that's why, you know, we went all the way in. We we uh, brought out a, a, uh, a chiropractic medical practice. And so we have chiropractors on staff. We have physical therapists on staff. We have massage therapists on staff. We have IV bars here with Alive and Well. We're partnering with Alive and Well for their IV bar. We have uh, mental performance coaches here. There's, there's yoga instructors. There's a, a 4,000 square foot co-working space upstairs. There's a lounge. There's cold plunges and a hot sauna and a infrared sauna. I mean, like, I wanted all the things that that individual that we identified as being a consumer of collective, I wanted to service that person in every way, as well as create a space that would attract a Debo Samuel, that would attract a John Morant, that would attract a Jalen Ramsey. And so then when they got in this space, because it is a private club, they know that they're in a trusted space and now it allows for organic connection to happen. And then who knows what happens to those relationships outside of here. But one thing that every story will have to start with is, you know, I met this person at Collective. And if that happens, then I think we did our job. And what is, what's been really cool to see is the amateur athletes come in here and uh, allow themselves to grow in ways that are outside of being this miraculous talent and now being, you know, students of fill in the blank industry that they also have interest in that they've never expressed to anybody. So like to see the the personal development of these guys has been equally as, I guess, fulfilling as, you know, working with them on a day-to-day basis in their professional development. That's, uh, that's awesome. We'll take a quick break with Jeremy Hills, president of the collective, former Longhorn. We'll get into uh, NFL Elite Week coming up. Uh, we'll be right back here on the flagship podcast. Jeremy, before we get to NFL Elite Week, um, you've got Bijan Robinson coming through the collective, and you played running back at Texas. Um, give me your thoughts on Bijan Robinson. Oh, man. I think I've said this before on your show maybe a year, year and a half ago. You guys go dig up the clip. I said he would be remembered as the best player to wear number five at the University of Texas. I'm almost sure I said that on your show before. 
And um, and, and you I wore never, number five. And I wore number five to add context to what I'm saying. He's better than doing what I ever was as an athlete. He's he's been blessed with a lot, and he works for even more. Uh, one of the most phenomenal young men I've ever been around. I tell people all the time, if if every athlete I've ever worked with was like Bajan Robinson, we would never have any problems. Like he's just a good kid, a great kid who has his head on straight. He knows who he is at a young age, which is equally as important. And he works, man. He works. There's no secret sauce. The boy works. He gets in here and he grinds. He gets in here and he listens. He's not too cool or unwilling to do whatever it is that's asked of him to help him be better at his craft. So what I think about Bijan is that there's no limit. My prayer is that he stays healthy and he continues to reach his whatever the ceiling looks like for him because I haven't seen the ceiling yet. Yeah, I mean, you know, people talk about him getting an, an endorsement or NIL deal with Lamborghini. I've never yeah. seen a guy more humble who's just – I mean, he engages with everyone. Everyone who passes by him, he looks them in the eye and says, hi, it's yeah. it's phenomenal. And then, you you know, you talk to NFL scouts and they talk about his – his balance, his vision, his he doesn't go down from a side tackle. He can catch the football like a receiver. He was the third leading receiver on the team. I mean, it's it's a pretty special mix of uh of ingredients in that kid. No doubt about it. Um, I mean, you hit it on the head as far as who he is as a person. He talks to you ever try walking down the street with him? It's like, hey, I'm I'm I love you, Bijan, but I'm really trying to get where we're going. Like he will stop and take a picture. <laughs> smile and talk to every and any single person that pulls his shirt uh it's unlike anything i've ever seen uh uh i I hope he doesn't give too much of himself i hope he allows himself to you know to to be off off camera sometimes like you know what i mean but um but no as far as his on the field stuff everything you just said is is who he is and i just think that we're just now kind of tipping the iceberg i think that we'll see even more of that this year We've, we've made a concentrated effort of helping him improve on all the things that you just named. And, and there is progress there. Um, there's some things that Bajan's working on that are going to, it's going to tremendously improve his game versus what we've already seen, which is kind of crazy to think about. But like I told you, when I said he would be wearing, he would be the best to wear number five. I'll say this again, make sure you save this tape and run it back when, when we realize what I'm saying, like this, this is, um, Let's enjoy this kid for the last year that we're probably going to see him. Uh, I, I, uh, he's NFL ready right now. He's yeah. NFL ready right now. I'm glad that we get a chance to enjoy his time. If he decides to come back for that fourth year, that'd be great. But I'm, I'm glad that we get a chance to, to appreciate everything that he's given our, our Longhorn community to this point. And I'm excited to see what he's going to give us this upcoming season. He got to give us everything yeah. he got when we, after that, after what we got ULM, then Bama. He got to give us everything he got come week two. But yeah, but, yeah no uh, doubt no, about I'm that. See what, I'm excited to see what he gives us this year. So are you the one drawing up all the workouts for these guys? I mean, you're busy. It, it, it The collective is big. You've got, you know, top end talent coming through there. Do you have a staff now? I mean, just talk about yeah, what you're it, yeah, we, got a, we got a staff of about 32 right now. It's a, it's a pretty decent sized staff. Um, and believe it or not, it's a collective effort in in everything that is around our, our performance based vertical within the company. Um, all of our speed work, I defer to Mo Wells. A lot of our strength work, I defer to Tim Riley. 
Um, I'm always trying to make guys more bodily aware and trying to get them to understand that everything starts in the foot, works its way up the chain, and how are we improving on our our balance, coordination, and a under, true understanding of our body and, and, and how that impacts the rest of our play. Um, for medical, uh, I defer to Dr. Samuel Sneed and Dr. Alexis Griffin. And, and then obviously Lauren Brown leads all of our recovery methods with um, the massage therapists and the yoga team. So again, it's a, it's a full team trying to make sure that we're doing our part. And even if it's a small part, we're doing our part in, in helping any athlete that comes through that door that trusts us with any piece of their career. Now, if someone wants to be a member of the collective, what is there initiation fee, monthly dues, all that? What? Yeah, yeah. Well, there's an initiation fee, there's monthly dues. But what I tell people is like, I think the value far outweighs the cost. Um, what I like to speak to is the fact that you, you know, half, half of these members at one point, probably if you were in Austin, in the central Austin area, you were going to Athlete Generator Lab for your recovery. You were going to Equinox for your gyms piece and you were paying to park at both of them. And if you add all that up, we beat those we beat those costs you know 10 times out of 10. so we have everything athlete generator has here we have everything equinox has here and a plethora of more you know you can go ahead and cancel that we work membership too right so we we have that and then more importantly probably the most important is that we have a parking lot outside that can fit 150 so every single member here gets a parking pass and they a lot of times our members come here, they'll park and then, you know, go do whatever they were going to do on South Congress anyway. But uh, yeah, so just the convenience of, of being a part of this club and the, the number one question we try to ask is how are we add in value? And if we continue to let that be our kind of North Star, I think that, you know, every member here will feel the value and, and not necessarily even think about what an initiation fee or a monthly cost is. I've Chip, this is a true this is a true statement. I've actually been approached by members that have told me we should think about raising the prices because we're giving too much away. Right. But for me, it's more so again, like how are we curating the right community? What does that community look like? And how are we again adding value? I, I think it's awesome. I mean, again, I, I just love the the vision that you've had. You've been so persistent. You've worked your way, you know, from the bottom now you're here. Um, and I love that you were a part of the Texas Longhorns at a time, you know, I talk about that 2008 team is, I thought that was the best team in the country that year. You were a oh, freshman cool. on that team. Yeah. And, and then you were there for 2010, which was tumultuous and, uh, and even a little bit after that. Yeah. So you're a smart guy. You're all about the intangibles. What? is missing from the Texas Longhorns football program and are they getting any closer to finding it? I, I, it sounds crazy, but I think that, that the days of us having the overwhelming majority of talent versus a competitor, I think those days are over for college football. I think there's a lot more parity throughout college football, honestly. Like, I mean, I've watched last year. I'm a, I'm a college football junkie. I watched Wyoming play some games last year and thought, damn, they look good. I watched Utah play last year. I watched, uh, who was that? 
uh, South Carolina, and even, you know, I'm always keeping up with old Mac, and I was watching North Carolina, and I'm like, man, there's some talented ball. Kentucky looked good at different points during the year. Um, even our even our little brothers, Texas A&M, looked good at different points during the year, right? And it's like, when I look at Texas, I'm like, listen, we got to show up and play ball. You're not going to just roll out and beat Texas anymore, and then that's enough, right? You've you seen Baylor go from zero to hero over the last two years, and it, what I think I see now in my time spent there with and watching what Sark's building and what he's doing, I think this might, I don't want to jinx it, man. I think this might be the right guy for the job. And I think this might be the right time for it to happen. I see the work mentality is now there along with the talent. And then one thing that I haven't always seen that I do see now is an understanding of an assignment. When you talk to the players, like that lets me know that true development is happening. We're not just recruiting a five-star kid. That's a great talent. And then three, four years later, we're like, what happened? This kid didn't just all of a sudden forget how to play football. Development has to happen along that way. And I think what you see now is like, the players are developing. They're buying into the system. They're buying into what, you know, they're, they're drinking the punch. They're buying into the, the oneness that it takes to be good and to be great. And uh, they're tough. They're tough. I, I even I like the strength program that they're running over there. I got a chance to see what Coach Torrey's over there building, and I'm like, man, this you guys might have put it together. Now it's just a matter of going to show everybody else that you put it together. Um, obviously, they have to answer the QB one question. Uh, I don't believe that they're, there's most teams that are great have one quarterback. We know who that quarterback is, and that's just because. By nature of the position, majority of the time, the QB is the leader. So um, QB1, when that's answered, uh, if, if everybody kind of gets behind who that person is and and that person turns out to be who they need to be for this team, I think you'll see Texas be who they need to be. Now, again, a lot of questions there, but I think they're not having to search outside for answers. You get what I mean? It's not like we yeah. need more talent. We don't need a better this or a better that. They got the guys. They just got to go play ball and believe in what's happening. Yeah, it's been an unbelievable offseason, about the best offseason I've ever seen for a team that finished five and seven. So I don't know that it, it you know, in terms of the offseason, okay, they missed on Jordan Addison, but good heavens, they got, uh, they got players to bring in Gary Patterson for crying out loud. Well, Jeremy, right. I know you're tight. I know you're tight on time. But uh, tell us about NFL Elite Week. Yeah, I'll tell you guys about this. I got, I got, I do got to run after this chip. NFL Elite Week, man. I'm very proud of this thing and what it's become. Uh, a little bit of history about it. It started out as Earl Thomas DB Week, and Earl, this is like 2016, maybe he wanted to give back to younger defensive backs because so many, you got to think at this time he's on top of the world is the best sports illustrator called him the defensive back of the decade just shortly after this time. And uh, he's on top of the world is the best DB we've seen in a long time, maybe since Ed Reed, Troy Palomalu. And he wanted to help the young DBs who were always hitting him up about how do they get better? Believe it or not, NFL players do reach out to other NFL players trying to keep their job and get better at their craft. Uh, it's not like you made it to the show and then boom, you know everything. That's not how it works. Um, 
in an effort to do so, we did uh, Earl Thomas DB week. These DBs would then fly in to Austin. We would get like a big Airbnb, get a chef. Chef would cook the meals for them throughout the day. We would train together throughout the day. We would do a charitable act at the end of the week and donate the money to a charity case. Uh, other positions that I worked with started complaining about that because they weren't getting their own week. And David got involved. Uh, he was already involved, but he kind of took the reins from it. And, and we really turned it into uh, NFL Elite Week or NFL Pros Week. And it's grown over the year, year over year. I think the first year we had like five, next year we had like 15, and it was 17, and then we ran into COVID, didn't do it. Post-COVID year, we weren't any different than any other thing. Um, all attendance across any type of vertical had kind of skyrocketed, you know, 2021 versus 2020. And uh, we last year we had over 50 players reach out to want to come down for that week. Um, we were able wow. to, again, possibly impact um, Alex Okafor's uh, situation with his mother, his late mother who passed away from leukemia. And so uh, a lot of what we did that, that year, last year was in honor of her. She's a phenomenal woman, by the way. Um, and then also with the Fair Catch Foundation, uh, just again, trying to give trying to give everybody a fair chance at life is kind of what the, the Fair Catch Foundation is all about as they continue to serve underdeveloped and underprivileged children in different areas, not only around Austin, but other communities around Texas as well. And, you know, different foster homes, et cetera. Um, we raised a lot of money. We raised a lot of money that week and gave every dollar of it to different charities. And, and the way we raised that money is, I think, was really special. And I'll, I'll let you go after this, Chip. Uh, players show up to that week with their own memorabilia, with their own game-worn jersey. They sign it, and then we, we, we auction it off silently. We don't get those helmets and those jerseys and all of that stuff sent down from their agency. That stuff isn't coming from a marketing team. That stuff doesn't make its way here from a coach or a representative. They fly with the stuff in their own suitcase. They personally pin it after they've taken it off of their own back, and then they're saying, I want this to go in an effort to raise money for charity. So for me, that's special because th they're buying in to what we're building and what we're trying to do here too, which makes it not a, a this isn't a, a photo opportunity or a, a media event, it's, it's, it's truly people that care about a thing. So for me, that's what makes it really special. And I mean, we're gonna do it again this year. It's now officially become I want to say what were we told the largest NFL related event not directly sponsored by the NFL throughout the offseason as to wow. where uh, we're anticipating having 72 different pros representing every single team in the league this year so July 5th through July 10th it'd be pretty busy around here but don't worry we'll manage and uh let's see if we can positively impact the greater Austin community uh, one more time is there a website where people can get more information or? Yeah, so right now it's all, uh, you can go to Fair Catch Foundation on Instagram and you'll see, they'll have a link to any donation that you wanna make or if you wanna find out more about the, the organization itself, all of that's right there on their Instagram. Um, and then for collective, yeah, I mean, you know, thecollective.com or you know again we're uh collective.inc on instagram or my personal page jay hills five you'll see the link to collective in there as well and yeah, you know, we're growing this thing i think we're growing it the right way and more importantly chip man i'm having a hell of a lot of fun man it's a good time
It's the best. If if it uh, if you're having fun and it's your passion, it's not work, and that's that's what I love about you, Jeremy. Um, that and the fact that you uh, scored a touchdown on your last play as a Longhorn. Now it did involve your leg getting broken, but um, hey, you went out in uh, you know kind of like William Wallace. That was the, that was the best play ever because oh yeah, no, that was the best play ever for me because it jump started everything that I'm doing now. So it's like, what other, what other, like that was the, that was it. That was it. That made it all worth it. Didn't know I it at the it. time, but that made it all worth it. I love it. Jeremy, you're the best. I know you're going hundred miles an hour. Uh, thanks to everybody for listening to the flagship podcast interview for Jeremy Hills. I'm Chip Brown until next time. Stay safe and keep the faith.